0: Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church.
1: Are you all ready for the Bible? All right, I'm going to open up this morning with Luke chapter 5, verse 15 and 16. It says this, yet the news about him, talking about Jesus, spread all the more. So the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for your presence. We thank you so much for the reality of who you are. And Lord, as we hear your word today, um, Lord, each person here, I just ask you, God, to meet them right where they're at, that they will hear something, Lord, From your Holy Spirit, that's just for them. Lord, as we all hear, may each of us hear what you have for us. And we respond to you with love and faith and thank you for being such a good and generous and a loving God, so powerful, so strong. And God, I ask for the leading of your Holy Spirit to impart, God, what you've put in my heart today. Let your scripture come with authority and with power. We thank you for the gift of scripture. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Today, I want to take you to a really inspiring story in Luke chapter 5 um, where Jesus heals a paralytic, a, a guy who can't walk. And it's in the middle of Jesus doing a teaching, and uh, the paralytic's friends, you know, bring him, and they realize they can't get into the house, and so they're going to they're gonna finagle away. They're going to get up on top of the roof, and they're going to open up the roof, and they're going to lower the man through the roof because of this overcrowded room. And, of course, we're going to, you know, Uh, At the end, we'll see this man get healed and stand up, and it's just this amazing miracle. But let's begin by uh, starting in verse 17, uh, where this little uh, story opens up. It says, One day, Jesus was teaching, and the Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. This must have been like quite a scene, right? The house must have been like a homestead, like a really large uh, place, which wasn't necessarily uncommon back then. The house is overflowing with people, and <clears throat> it wasn't abnormal for Jesus to draw a crowd, but this crowd is really unique because it says they had come from every village in, Judea, in Galilee and in Judea and from Jerusalem, Y'all, this is practically a national conference happening at whoever's house uh, was having it that day, right? And they're all crowded outside, and it's difficult to get near to Jesus. And you don't just have uh, folks from all the villages. You've got these Pharisees and teachers of the law there. And this, this phrase, and you, if you, you're getting the feeling like this crowd, like the, there's, a, there's a rumble. There's something happening, right? And it goes, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Now, don't let this statement elude you. It's, actually, it's really important. You may think, well, it's Jesus, right? You know, that's just how Jesus rolls. He heals people. It's just kind of like, you know, what he does. And he does. Um, but, you know, it says in Scripture in John 5, 19, that Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing. Like he wasn't making it up as he went along; he was uh, seeking the Father and saying, "How do you want this to operate?" And we also have insight about Jesus and how he operated—that while he was completely God and completely man, this concept of him laying aside his God powers while he's walking in this humanity, and that he actually went in the or moved in the power of the Spirit, as it says in Luke four fourteen, and. Uh, John 3, 4, 3.34, I know not am throwing a lot of Scripture verses, but I just want you to know I'm not making stuff up, um, that Jesus, that he received the Spirit without limit. And so Jesus would move by the power of the Spirit because he was training his disciples on how to move in the power of the Spirit. You follow me? And so uh, these moments where there's this atmosphere in the room where they just people are gathered and they're just on pins and needles just like listening to what Jesus said. The people are willing to stand on the outside to listen to what Jesus said and there's this atmosphere of visitation where God's power is present to heal the sick. Like this sense of something's going to happen. God is up to something. And, you know, one of the reasons that the power of God was, was present for Jesus to heal the sick was these previous verses. You see, in, in Luke chapter 5, just before that, Jesus had healed a man with leprosy. That's kind of cool, right? I mean, you've got this terrible skin disease and you can't be around anybody. He just heal him. Just keep on reading. Like, it's just a few verses. You just keep on reading. Sometimes you just got to pause. You're like, oh, he healed a man with leprosy. Come on, get out, right? And the response of the people in verse 15 was, yet the news about him spread all the more, so the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. So, y'all, this is having an impact. Like, there's this momentum happen, and people are gathering, and then in verse 16 it says, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. You see, one of the sources of Jesus' power and his authority, as he was walking out his call on this planet, was his time with the Father. The people are trying to get to Jesus, and Jesus is trying to get to his Father. It, not that he didn't care about the people; he did. There's times where Jesus would stop, and it says he had compassion on the people, like he was willing to stop. But it, I love that it's showing his heart is just like, man, I, I know all the people are coming, but I just I want to be with the Father. You know we we got to pay attention to those moments, those moments when when God is moving because God is still healing the sick. We don't have to wait for those times. We can seek the Lord and say, Lord, we we don't have to wait for like a special moment. Go, ooh, ooh, like the time is just right. the, The barometric pressure's right. The sun's right. We can pray right now for healing. You don't have to wait. But there are moments that come when our faith has to be ready for the moment when God is meeting, meeting the people, right? And, and God meets faith because faith pleases Him. He, it's a sign that, that we trust Him and we believe Him. And we don't want to be caught flat-footed. We don't want to be caught in those moments in unbelief. And the reality is when you look at the story and you look at what's going on, you're like, hold on, hold on, okay. So you've just got this momentum in the room. Like people are on pins and needles. People are all surrounding the house. They're listening. Jesus has had his time with the Father and he's like, you know, he, he's tuned in, if you will, to what the Lord wants to do. And it says, and the power of the Lord was there to heal the sick. Y'all following me today? There is something about a response of us that can matter. There's something about the preparation and time with the Lord that can matter. We were talking about this in prayer today, and I said, the reality is there's just not a formula, but there are things that matter. Because a lot of us, we like the formula, right? Like, Headache, Advil, to Advil, it's gone in 20 minutes. I love that formula. It's worked a lot for me, right? But we want to do that with the Lord in a lot of circumstances so that we can boil him down to a, a, a formula, but the reality is it's a relationship. And we're not going to manipulate God. We're not going to manipulate his, his principles for our selfish desires, but we have a God who's very generous and loves to heal the sick. I remember one of those moments as I was preparing uh, this this message. It was, and I asked Maxine today uh, uh, for the date. I said, Maxine, when were you diagnosed with cancer? It was 2008. 2008, Maxine was, um, and, and uh, she's back there like getting your, your lunch ready right now. So you, you're like, where is she? She's, That's where she is. And um, the diagnosis she got was horrible. It was like, you've got a few months to live. And uh, I remember Callie was with her at the, with the doctor when they got the news. And man, I got to tell you, when Maxine called me and shared that with me, I felt like the enemy just like punched me in the face hard. I just, and and, and when I buckled over, like gut punch, I just, man, you ever have those, those diagnoses, those circumstances, those things that just are a sucker punch. You know what I'm talking about? I know y'all walk in faith all the time and you're good and like nothing bothers you. Oh, the Lord's got it, right? Um, but for those of us who are um, genuine, um, I didn't say not liars. Um, sometimes you get sucker punched. And I remember calling a pastor friend and I, before I went over to her house and, uh, because I was just feeling so punched. And I, and I explained it to him. And my friend said to me on the phone, he said, Mike, he said, I know that like it's kind of like messed with you, but return to a place of faith and just go pray in faith because that's what God is calling you to be in the moment. And, you know, do it sincerely. He wasn't saying make it up. said, get yourself to that place and go pray. So I did. I kind of like got my wits about me and I said, okay, we are going to go pray. And I went to, to Maxine's house and Uh, This story really isn't about me and praying. It's really about what happened in the room. We're in the room, and it was me, Maxine, and John. And I believe uh, Nita, you were there? And my wife, Elizabeth. (laughs) I remember that so well. I'm shaking my head if you're listening to the podcast, shaming myself. But we, um, we prayed. And uh, I just prayed, you know, a prayer. I didn't, like, work myself up, but I prayed a sincere prayer of faith. And uh, when we were finished praying, like, you know, the Holy Spirit, you could tell the Holy Spirit was with us. And Maxine looked up, and she said, while you were praying, the Lord showed me a picture of him just picking the pieces of cancer off of me. Well, you all know how the story ends. She's back there making lunch. I mean, praise God. Amen. Praise God. And, you know, it went from a diagnosis of dead in months to we're 11 years later and she's been cancer free for years. For third, yeah, it's more than 11. Sorry. My math isn't as good when I'm 15, 15 years, y'all. Tyler's going, I ain't even 15 years old. We know, we know. You know, there's part of me that goes, God, I want to be ready for those moments. Not that I need a moment for you to move, but I don't want to be caught in a place of unbelief when you're in the midst of doing something. Well, what happens in this story, right? Well, not only do they not get caught in unbelief, but these guys, we're about to read, these guys bring their paralyzed friend, and they're so determined. I would say they had some Faith. As a matter of fact, Jesus might talk about that. Luke 15, 18 says, Some men came carrying a paralyzed man. They didn't even name anyone. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house and lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles in the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. By golly. <laughs> you just see all going on. We have seen remarkable things. To, like. Now, you've got to love this man's friends. Carrying him to Jesus. Do you have friends that would carry you to Jesus? Now, I want to ask about your friends. If you pick up the phone and you call your friends, will they carry you to Jesus? Because, you know, we have friends who will carry us to Jesus. We have friends who will be like, well, I'll carry you to the hospital, but, I, you know, I don't know about that. You know, and that's good. I want a friend who can take me to the hospital, but I need a friend who will take me to Jesus. Just like when I called Maxine or when I was going to visit Maxine, I had to phone a friend and say, hey, my head's not right here. I feel sucker punched by what's going on, and my friend helped me for the moment, Right? We need people, friends who can help us in this moment. This man practically needed help because he couldn't walk, right? And so he needs help getting there. I got to tell you from a practical standpoint, if you don't have those friends, I am not here to shame you. I'm just here to say it's time to add some. Get involved in a life group. Get involved with, get around some folks that that follow Jesus and have a passion for Jesus and make sure you got some of those friends that you can phone a friend, text a friend, amen? Because we all need friends who will take us to Jesus. And we all need to be a friend. Who will take someone to Jesus. Who can encourage somebody. When they're down. It says that Jesus saw. Their faith. I love that. I used to think. When it says that Jesus saw their faith. He was just talking about the men. Who carried the man on the mat. Um, that he was just so blessed by it. But. The next statement helped me to recognize, no, actually, I think there implied all the men and the person because Jesus, Jesus is about to address the man's sins. Your fit sins are forgiven. So I think the man had some faith as well. But I love that statement, and I find that really challenging you know, and living in a broken world where things are, are, are jacked up and where uh, things don't work out and we have mysteries of why some things are this way and why some things are that way, like those mysteries of faith and things like that. But I, at the end of the day, when Jesus looks at me, I want him to see me believing. That's what the synonym of believe in, in scripture is faith. It's the same Greek word is translated faith, believe, trust. I just want when he looks at me to go, he believed me. And I'll be honest with you, I would rather be made a fool believing than made a fool unbelieving. Right? Like, because there's a lot of mystery and a lot of things I don't understand. And I, I'm, I'm more comfortable with that the older I get. But I know what Scripture says, and it says to stand in a place of faith, that faith pleases the heart of God. And the reason it pleases the heart of God is because He knows we believe in Him and that we, at the, our heart, we trust Him. And I just, I want to be standing in that place. When all this is done is that I, I believed him. Yeah. Amen. Jesus went to some people and said, what do you want me to do? He made them say it. Yeah. If Jesus came to you and said, what do you want me to do? What would you say to him? Oh, no, it's all right, Jesus. Everything's good. Everything's fine. But you've been complaining all week. <laughs> Jesus sees their faith. I love that. Then this story takes a curious turn. Everybody knows what's going on. Scripture's talking about people getting healed. Man is a paralytic. His friends get him right in front of Jesus. And Jesus looks at him and goes, Friend, your sins are forgiven. I, think, I wonder if the room was like, Um, um, it's it kind of like if you went to the doctor this week and he got on that little stool that's on all the wheels. I don't know how they sit on those things. I mean, those, right? And he, he comes up to you and he says, Okay, I've listened to you. And he goes, Friend, your sins are forgiven. You'd be like, I am at Bon Secours, right? Like, I, you know, there'd be something in you that would be, and Jesus, you know, Jesus is doing higher math, right? He is totally like, he, He's using the moment. To teach greater things. Obviously, the man came for healing, but Jesus addresses mankind's greater need. Come on. Jesus addresses mankind's greater need. Healing is important. Healing is valuable. Forgiveness of sins is absolutely critical for eternity's sake. It is the big game. It is... The Super Bowl of humanity's story is the forgiveness of sins. It takes greater authority to forgive sins than it does to heal the sick. And so when questioned about his authority to forgive sin... And he heals the man, uh, you know, to, to demonstrate that he has the, the authority to do both. Jesus is like wrapping this all up in a bundle. People are going like, hold on, Jesus. Like, what are you doing saying that you have, have the authority to forgive sin? Like, that's, that's blasphemy. And it, the, the wild thing about Jesus is that he would get a crowd around them, around him. And then at times, he would say the most challenging thing. And this is occurring early in Jesus' ministry in Luke chapter five. And if you will, this is the, 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 the time in Jesus' ministry where everything's momentum, momentum. Jesus this and Jesus that and Jesus this and Je- And people are like all about Jesus, right? People are trying to figure him out and they're listening like all, everybody's around listening to what he is saying. We're, in our study of John, what we've been watching is the last year of Jesus' ministry. And man, people, the, the divide about who Jesus is and is he really the way, right? Is he really the life and is he really who he says he is? It creates this division among the people, right? And in this moment, um, Jesus is kind of tweaking the crowd because he wants them to know the bigger story. It's actually more important. Far more important that I have the authority to forgive sins. And they're like, man, that's blasphemy. We were big fans. I was buying your jersey. I was getting Jesus Christ on the back of it. And I was like going to sport it at the next big, you know, Passover kind of thing. Like I was all in Jesus. But now people like, and they said it in in the scripture, it's blasphemy. You are like, you know, you're you're tying yourself like to God. And Jesus is like, kind of like, yeah, deal with it. I know you don't understand. Can I just hit pause for just a second? Sometimes our need to understand is way overrated. Right? We worship understanding. I've got to understand everything. Jesus' disciples, they followed him for three years. It wasn't like, you know, two weeks before the cross, they went, well, see, here's what's going to happen. He's going to go to the cross and he's going to die. But he's, don't worry, don't worry. He's going to rise three days from the He's going to take care of the sin of humanity for anyone who will receive him. It's going to be amazing. They had no clue. They didn't get it. But they believed and they followed we have the benefit of all the scripture and people telling the story for centuries and all of this stuff coming together, but I bet there's stuff you still don't understand. How much more did they not understand? How much more did it make, not make sense? And I'm not saying that God doesn't want you to care about your brain or think or anything like that. I mean, I'm the chief, right? I, I mean, I, as an, an atheist teenager was like, yeah, there's no way I'm putting all of my life in this thing. And you know what? God did not answer every question I have and, and prove himself in any other way than he would another person. I still had to take that step of faith. He answered a lot of questions. He showed me that he loved me. He revealed himself to me. But it wasn't like he came and he did a dance on the water for me and said, now Mike, will you believe? Like There's still this faith element that he requires. And Jesus is pushing the people in that moment. And he's showing, I have The authority to forgive sins. Now, here's the way it works. If he indeed had committed blasphemy by saying, friend, your sins are forgiven, well, he's not going to have any authority in the kingdom of God to heal the man's sickness. You follow me? Like, you can't commit blasphemy and then heal people. Like, that just doesn't work. And so what Jesus does is he bundles it all together in a burrito, and he just says, here you go. He says, so that you know that I have the authority to forgive sins friend, get up and walk. Take up your mat and walk. And the man gets up, he's excited, he gathers his stuff and he leaves. I love it. I love it when Jesus is like, be healed, leave. (laughs) I'd be like, run some laps in here for me, right? Let's get the praise going. Like, you know, bring up the band. Come on, like, let's, let's soak this thing. Jesus is like, be healed, leave. I think he just does stuff differently than we do. (laughs) Because maybe the focus wasn't on the man, it was on the God who was healing him. And bringing glory to God and honor to God. And Jesus indeed has authority to forgive sins. And Jesus indeed has the authority to heal the sick. I um, I love how it talks about in Peter how that by his wounds we are healed. And it's, it's uh, repeating what was written centuries before in the pr- prophetic words of Isaiah, talking about Jesus and his death in Isaiah 53, that by his wounds, we are healed. And it was this idea that, you know, when Jesus went to the cross, and we, we talked about last week, it is finished. He, he did it all. He took care of the brokenness of our human body with the, the beating and, and the, the, the scourging that he received, uh, and he took up care of the biggest deal in, in our lives, which is our sin, when he let his life be, you know, his blood pour out and his life pour out for us that our sins can be forgiven. Like, he, he took care of all of those things. And in this, like, little part, way back in Luke chapter 5, he's giving us this kind of, like, insight to it to like all that he does and all that he provides. I want to tell you today, like Jesus, he still has the authority to forgive sins. Amen. I don't know about you, but I need that because even though I'm trying to follow him and not in my own strength, by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm trying to follow him. And, and I know that the, the curse of having to sin is broken, but I still make mistakes. And I know y'all well enough to know you make mistakes too, right? That, but I still need that forgiveness of sin. And I still rely on it. But I want to tell you today, if you haven't gone to him and said, Lord, forgive me of my sin. I just want to encourage you. He's not... He's not asking you to do that so that he can stand over you and tap his foot and go, see, see, I thought you'd come. That's not his heart at all. He wants to remove the shame and the guilt. He wants to break you free from the, the slavery that sin puts us in. And the reason is, is because sin hurts us and others. That's it. It's only because it it hurts us and others. Like, he designed everything, and he knows how it works best. And he just wants you to work and bear fruit in this life. And he loves you. He's not trying to shame you. But he's also not going to change the rules for you. He loves you, though. And, like, for the love that he has for us, that he, he, like, that is, that's what's compelling his heart. And it doesn't, make, doesn't it make sense? He loves us so much that he would pay for our sins, that he loves us so much that he would heal our bodies too. I never saw Jesus walking around making people sick. Leprosy, leprosy, leprosy. I'll heal you, you, and you. That's not the nature of God, right? And I know sometimes people don't get healed and things like that. I have the same mystery questions you do, but my mystery questions are not going to be a barrier to my faith in Jesus and to the fact that does he have authority to heal sickness? Absolutely. Absolutely. I love what he he has done there. And I I just, to complete my thought, if you haven't asked Jesus to be like your complete God, like, like turning your life over to him completely, I just want to encourage you to go for it. Go for it. Everybody needs a day that they say, I'm all in Jesus. In July 16th, 2023, which is 15 years after 2008, for those who are doing <laughs> math for me. Um, um, that can be your day. And the thing is, is, it's a sacred thing between you and him. He will not force you, but he will not relent from loving you and wanting you to join him. But he won't make you be with him. But I got to tell you, it's Far better. It's far better. And the prayer that you pray is, Jesus, I believe in you. Forgive me. I want to follow you. Whatever that means, help me. I'm going to follow you rather than myself. It's not more complicated, but it will cost you everything. But it's well worth it. The eternal dividends are amazing. Literally. Literally amazing. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up, and I want to read to you another scripture out of Psalm 10 verse3. I, I just 103, I should say. It's a scripture that I, I love because it's just another one that kind of wraps this forgiveness of sin and this concept of healing all our diseases. And what I'm going to do is, after I read this, we're just going to you know, our theme is prayer this year. We're just going to turn this into a prayer room before we have a picnic, right? and we're just going to pray and worship together, and the team's going to lead us in a worship song. If you specifically need healing or are praying for someone to be healed, uh, we'll have our prayer team up here. You just come, and you let them know what we need prayer for, and mark it. We'll run the volume just a little lower so that when we're talking up front, we can hear, but high enough so that people can sing with the music and pray. Um, And if you need prayer for something else, come and receive it. If you, you're in a place where you're like, man, I just need Jesus in my life, come and, come and uh, receive Him. But wherever you are, pray and seek the Lord. And if you're like, man, I'm in good. I, I don't have something to pray for. Here's what I want you to pray for. Pray that in the moments that God calls you to have faith, that you will meet Him with faith and not unbelief. That you will meet Him with trust because of who He is and not rely on Experience, not rely on other things that maybe have damaged something. Just say, God, I want to have a pure faith. Let me read this scripture to you. I love this. Psalm 103, verse 2. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins. I don't know about you, but I love that word, all. All. I need all, oh, and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. He's not trying to shame you. He's trying to give you life. Who satisfies your desires with good things. Some people have got a wrong concept of God. They think he's just trying to see what he can put you through. And if you pass the test, he'll accept you. He already does love you. He satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And I am so convinced that he loves you and that he loves me. I'm so convinced that what motivated him to go to that cross was his compassion so convinced that the reason he heals people is because he loves people and he's about health and life, not about death. That's the other joker who's about death. And he loves you and he cares about you. And if you'll stand with me, we're just going to worship with the team. If you want prayer, the team's going to be up here. It can be for anything. Come up and receive prayer and uh, we'll have a picnic in a little bit. Be a people who would be in the crowd believing, be in the crowd excited about what you're doing, be in the crowd hanging on your every word and rejoicing, Lord, as you do what you do. Lord, we want to be in your crowd. And uh, Lord, I thank you, Jesus, for the invitation that we can come and that we can gather and that we can glorify you and we can honor you. And we say today, Lord Jesus, that you are our hero. You are the one that we worship and the one that we follow. And we just say that you are worthy of all glory and all honor and all praise. You are certainly worthy of our lives. We say we love you today. We worship you. You are a good, good God, mighty to save. Thank you, God, the authority that you have to forgive sin. We depend on it. We need it. Thank you, God, for your authority to heal the sick. Lord, thank you that it's in your heart. Lord, we need it. We receive it today. Lord, may we be a people that upon your return, Lord, we're in a place of faith and not unbelief. We're in a place of believing and rooting on the things of God. Lord, touch our perspective. Scales fall from our eyes. We trust you. We worship you. God, you're worthy of all praise and honor and glory. And today, God, we just say thank you for who you are. We love you. We worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.